0: This is Stuart Silverman and I wanted to welcome you all to another episode of Blue Spring Out Loud. Really excited to have a a great panel of uh, guests and friends here to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, which is M&A and merging and growing together. Uh, My guests today are Ted Jenkins, who's the founder of Oxygen Financial, Brandon Hayes, his partner at at Oxygen and one of the affiliated practices. We've got Christina Bribanera who uh, we recently acquired her business as well, and Eric Pucciarelli. And all three of these businesses, actually all four of these people, have come together to form an amazing partnership uh, of affiliated Oxygen firms. But I want to start with you, Ted, because as the founder of Oxygen and someone who's just worn, I think you've worn just about every hat Mm -hmm. in the business, it'd be great to get your take on the evolution of the business and your choice to originally partner with Brandon and then to kind of expand the partnership now with Christina and Eric. (coughs)
1: I just want to say this is the best looking table of a podcast I've ever seen, I think. Of all of them today, I watch a lot, but this is the best looking table by far, I'm just going to say that. But I, uh, I'm very excited to uh, partner with Brandon. I think most people that are a lead dog or a G1 in their business need to think about two things. Uh, what's your number? What kind of money will it take to eventually have you want to exit the business? and When's it your time? You have to decide what you like and what you don't like, and I really like the sales part of it and the marketing part of it. Brandon had tremendous ability in the servicing side and operations, and it's been a great partnership from there. He's been able to take over the practice, streamline it, put in different systems that made the practice run more efficiently, and it allowed me more time to go do what I love to do, which is bring in front-end lead generation.
0: Well, as you know, I have huge respect for you as a marketeer, as an entrepreneur, and as a as a business leader, and owner. So this is this is really exciting. Uh, you were acquired by Blue Spring two and a half years ago, and I think I'll turn to 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 Blue to Brandon and kind of ask you, what have the last couple of years been like? What's it been like for you? Because it's a lot of change, but also, as Ted just said, you've taken over a lot of the responsibilities and kind of changed your partnership and evolved.
2: It's been a blur. Uh, it's uh, it's been busy. Um, You know, drinking from a firehouse at at times uh, with staff, but we've hired several folks uh, over the last few years. And so um, bringing the people up to speed on systems and processes. um, More importantly, I think just building the culture in the last couple of years has been um, phenomenal just through the pandemic. And, you know, they say you learn a lot about your teammates in the trenches, and we sure did uh, in March of 2020 together. Um, So a lot of it's just been building out our systems and processes, and more importantly, um, you know, We have scaled the business tremendously. Uh, obviously we had the ensemble practice when we first merged as bringing on more staff has allowed us to even um, scale even further um, and just bringing on more assets, larger clients, uh, focusing on the high net network space that we hadn't previously, um, which has been great. So um, just kind of watching it from afar and watching the team take things over and uh, putting their own spin on things uh, has been, been fun to watch.
0: So I'm curious from your perspective, Brandon, and and Ted, feel free to weigh in here before we bring Christina and Eric into the conversation, but uh, what made you all decide to expand the practice, to expand the business and and merge with two more firms?
2: I mean, for us, we're always looking to grow, you know, whether it's organically or uh, externally with other firms, other advisors. Um, For us, it was a no-brainer, two of the most uh, powerful private CFOs and advisors in the Oxygen financial umbrella uh, network nationally. Uh, happen to be in our own office. And so I think we had our eye on them for several years. Um, But we've been growing uh, organically and with new assets from current clients for a while. Uh, But for me, it's a challenge. You know, I want to be able to help bring on two new firms and partner together and have a a successful merger. Um, So the timing was, I think, kind of just right. And then we'll talk more about that. But uh, we were excited to to have synergies and watch them succeed more than what they even have already accomplished.
0: If you want, maybe we'll go back to it a little bit, to, mm-hmm. and, and if someone can weigh in here on, from your perspective, just a little history on on oxygen and how these affiliated practices fit in, and even the size of what this looks like as a merger, if you could all comment on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean
1: it's absolutely bananas to see this thing uh, come full circle. Started this business in the crash of two thousand and eight with literally no assets and no clients, and uh, very fortunate that one of our key values of the firm has always been loyalty and uh... you know uh, eric and christina joined basically the day that we opened up our doors and they didn't really have any clients and (laughs) any assets under management and uh... brandon joined shortly thereafter in the last decade they've been instrumental in growing the culture of what oxygen stands for in the city of Atlanta and really powerhousing through this gen xy model which is really where we started and the hence the derivative of oxygen the last five letters are xy gen and that's how this thing uh, came about so to see them all come f- full circle in here be able to to earn a lot of money but be able to continue their careers and grow within Blue Spring is pretty exciting to see that
0: and it's kind of exciting to also understand the, the history of this because Ted and Brandon were partners when Blue Spring made the acquisition two yeah. and a half years ago, and now with two more firms joining, what, what's your overall size going to look like? And if you look at the assets and number of employees,
2: I think it'll be close to a billion dollars of assets, uh, 17 employees, uh, soon to be probably 20, uh, which is our growth. Um, and yeah, we're excited. You know, we've got probably a thousand plus households. You know.
0: Well, it's great to see from the evolution of
2: starting oxygen yeah, in your well, own. Yeah, well, and you know, people told us
1: in the beginning, we actually had the reputation in the city of Atlanta that these guys don't work with any money. They work with Gen X, Y people, and we actually would go places and people say, "Oh, those oxygen people, they don't work with anybody that has any money." Now, I think the average client that we brought in last year was a million bucks. So. It's, I think uh, it's still on the street that way in Atlanta. We like it that way. It helps us sneak up on our competition.
0: I also know you have some very unique planning abilities, and I've seen you work for, with some ultra-high-net-worth people, too, yeah. so you have this diverse, uh, op, op, I guess, opportunity to kind of work with all types, which is phenomenal. Well, now, Christine and Eric, I've made you be quiet for the first 15 minutes, which is probably what we're used to, being around Ted, but give him a mic and uh, he gets excited. But, keep talking. <laughs> So, Christina, you're young, you're incredibly successful. I've known you for a while, but you're successful in in so many ways. Uh, What made you decide to merge and partner up at this stage of your career and of your business? Because your business has evolved incredibly quickly.
3: Yeah, absolutely, Stuart, and thank you for that. Honestly, you know, I actually had the privilege to, you know, start my career right out of college. I've been doing this for 17 years now, and You know, I was technically sold the dream by Ted, but um, you know, one of the the things that really made an impact on me during that, my my first year of being an advisor was at some point, if I worked hard, I knew that I would have this opportunity to capitalize on that work. And this was just a great opportunity for me to, you know, partner with Ted and Brandon. Um, and Eric you know, in, in this merger. Um, I'm also just really excited because I had been you know, a solo practitioner to an extent for a period of time and by merging with our team, with Brandon and what Ted have built, I'm gonna be able to provide a, a career path for my younger advisors, um, provide operational support that I just haven't had in the past.
1: Right, that makes sense. I like that you called her young because she calls me old now, and I'm saying for some time, so it's good to see that you're still young. That's I am
3: still young. Well,
0: those of us young people at the table, you know, you yeah. old guys, we think we learn a lot from you, we so do. thank you for all that experience. We, we appreciate that one. Uh, and Eric, speaking of middle aged guys, can I call you that?
4: Uh, you've worked. Is that you, where you're at right now? He's uh, middle aged. I guess
0: so. I don't know if he's middle aged, <laughs> but you've worked. You've worked really hard, and you also have built an amazing, amazing business. And again, obviously, we just acquired you, so we know it well, and we're incredibly impressed with it. You've also known Ted, Brandon, and Christina for for a long time. Why partner now, and what are your main goals of, for doing this?
4: Well, thank you for the kind words, um,
0: except for the middle aged one.
4: Sure. you go. Yes. Um, I think for me, um, you know, it's it's been a journey of building the book and and doing it solo for a lot of times or having a, a one other person to help me build it. And you get to a point where you feel like you hit a ceiling and you can't grow anymore. And so this gave me the opportunity, as Christine already said, to number one, capitalize, but number two, uh, provide a career path for people on my team. But then number three is that it gives us the chance. We've known each other for so long, um, and we all have a, an appreciation for hard work. Um, to take advantage of those synergies and, and work on building something massive around, based around the Atlanta area or even the Southeast.
0: It's true, and what you said is really interesting. It, it struck a chord with me because usually firms get to around a million to a million and a half of total revenue and they do hit this glass ceiling. And if you put this together, and now you have a billion dollar firm, the opportunities, the upside of this is incredible. So I want to go into a little bit about that, of where you see this going. How do you see building out the firm, the services, the value added? Any thoughts on on, on what you're going to do as you start to merge the three of you and the 20 employees you
3: have? Well, I shared with the guys earlier today, just during the conference, that I'm really excited at the fact that we get to build out departments. And this is something that we haven't had as solo practitioners and as um, just a team in general that you know, getting to have a staff of 20 people plus, you know, having those financial planning departments, investment departments, operations department, that's gonna be huge for our growth.
4: It, it brings a lot of value to the clients as well, right? Because we have, great point. Um, mm-hmm. you can say you have a specialty, but now we really have a true specialty. This is our financial planning department. And this is what we work on specifically. They don't do three other things at the same time. So I think doing things like that will bring a lot more value to the client as well.
0: Probably also frees up your time to spend more time with clients and more time doing 100%. the stuff you love, right?
2: Yeah, it leads back to better client experience, for sure, and that's, a, that's important that's to us. That's the important you know? piece to us. Stuart, I think this is the one big
1: underestimation that solo practitioners have about this notion of mergers and acquisitions and it actually being detrimental to their business, but what they're what they're really not seeing is the, the long-term view that high, high net worth clients, especially that ultra high net worth space of five million plus generally isn't gonna work with a solo practitioner, worried about they get hit by a bus, they have one or two staff people. It's not that they're bad people, but there's some power and strength in numbers that starts to bring in sizable assets, which is why wirehouses for years have had big teams of people that come into big boardrooms to basically make that sales pitch. I actually think we've done a good job upscaling this practice, and now that Eric, Christine, and Brandon are together, I think that they're gonna get even bigger assets because when they present a united front, and talk about the 17 staff people and the three of them and their partnership, those clients that have five, 10, 20 million are gonna feel like there's a long highway that they can go with with this, uh, with this group.
0: That's a great point. So coming together, a, a merger is, is like a marriage if you think about it, which requires a lot of open communication, a lot of hard work, a lot of planning. I'd be curious what work the four of you did in advance in kind of thinking through this and putting this together to, to ensure it would be a smooth and successful integration.
2: Lots of shots. Yeah, we, lots, lots, lots of lots, of, lots of shots together. Um, but no, I think, in all seriousness, I think you know the what we had going for us is that we all were part of the same firm in a sense with Oxygen Financial. So we're all financial planning focused. So we had that as a basis, knowing that our business models matched. Yes, we all care about the, the end consumer and the client. Uh, we all have our own specialties, right? I'm not good at certain things, and so. Christina typically is much better on the sales and media side and some marketing side. I've been good on the practice management side. Eric is good on obviously investments and helping train internally in our staff. Um, And they have more experience than I do, honestly, in the industry. And so me getting to learn how they've done things in the past and how they built what they built was important. Um, but, you know, we had to go through a lot of questions together to make sure, you know, it would be a, you know, a, a good marriage. And I think I'm excited to watch them get freed up and actually have some balance and get back with their families and enjoy some more free time, because I know they have been working really hard.
0: It's, it's all about the culture. And you have that going into it, so I think that's even, even more important. That's great. Um, what advice would you give to any other firm thinking of merging at this point? Any advice?
4: I would tell them that it really is like a marriage, you really have to spend the time on the front end, asking the hard questions, answering the hard questions around does it make sense, how do you, how do you view things, do you have synergies, where do you disagree, because the disagreement's in an in, in inevitability, and so how do you plan around that, can you plan around that, and can you make a path forward? Because it's easy to look at some sort of money dangling in front of your face, but the longer term, that will catch up with you if you if you if you can't work together and you can't yeah. go forward in the same direction.
2: I think you've got to do things for the right reasons, you know. And uh, money is definitely a factor, but um, the experience for your staff, you know, and, and the career path progression for them, and obviously your clients having a better experience, uh, saying good things for, about you around town, having referrals is most important, I think, you know, for us. So. Um, I think you've got to vet it for sure. I mean, some people maybe they're not cut out to be acquired. But for us, it's been a great partnership the last two and a half years with Blue Spring. So, um, not much has changed. Obviously, we've delivered on results, and we've really enjoyed the partnership. Um, but I, don't know if to add, but.
3: No, I think transparency, on all fronts, has been key for. Our merger is having hard conversations. Uh, as Eric was saying, having those conversations up front really helped with some of that decision uh, decision making. But o- overall, I think having just transparency across the board is going to be really key in, in the merge.
0: And from Blue Springs' perspective, we, uh, we realized this is a big investment that we made, and when we watched the three of you, the four of you actually work together to figure this out and the mindful approach you took, the time you took, the asking a lot of the tough questions, as you said, that's when we realized this is something that's really stronger, and it will it is stronger by being together. and I think that's really exciting to watch, especially where you are uh, also young and so successful and having a mentor in the process is really a helpful thing. I'm curious about something. A lot of people are saying, and I'm reading a lot of trade publications these days, that are talking about survival of the fittest. The bigger gonna get bigger, it's going to be harder and harder for a smaller solo practitioner or a standalone firm to, to survive in this market. Obviously, the move you're making is, is making a much bigger footprint, is making a, a much value, more value-added services. Well, what do you think about that, about those articles? Do you think that's realistic? Is that a reality, that the big, it's survival of the fittest? Where are we going?
1: I just say from the marketing perspective, and I've always thought this way that if if you're marketing to everybody, you're marketing to nobody. So that's the problem with most solo practitioners is that they don't have any real sense or real niche or anything. They're doing it's just acquire, catch as catch can, and I think it's going to be harder for them to to survive against the bigger firms that have more depth and breadth of their offerings, both from a, a service perspective and a product perspective. So I think it's it's going to be harder for smaller firms to survive. Yeah.
0: Do you see yourselves merging with other firms more acquisitions? Where where do you see this going as well? I mean, I know obviously you're, you're, with with Ted and his marketing ability and all of you and how you've been able to continue to grow and grow, and you've all grown exponentially faster than most businesses I see out there and in the space. But uh, do you see mergers as being part of that strategy or more acquisitions? I think
2: absolutely. I think if we can make sure the culture is intact, uh, I think our people are most important. So if they're not here, we don't have a business. Um, so, But I think once you have scale and you can add more people to certain departments, if you have a financial planning department or an investment division that we didn't have previously, you, you can add plenty more scale. Um, but I think those solo practitioners, and obviously Eric and Christina know this, you hit a, you hit a capacity. You know? And at some point, you know, the compliance environment's not getting any better in our, in our industry. And so the more forms you have to do and more liability you have, I think those folks are going to look to be part of a team, something bigger. I think you'll see more of a roll-up and consolidation you know, going forward.
0: So, for me, it's unusual to be with the the G, we call the the founder the G1, the successor the G2, which is all all of you, although you're all kind of, we're both at because you were founders and successors. But now we're also thinking G3s, which you have in your group, which are sort of that that next up and coming group of of junior advisors who are growing into more and more of a role. How does this impact them? What do you see this? How does this impact their future, their trajectory?
2: I think the one word is opportunity. Uh, whether we acquire more people, you know, clients organically and more assets, or it's a new firm we acquire, uh, we need people that are competent, that know the planning industry and investment industry and can give proper advice. And they're in a great situation and great a great seat. Um, there's a lot of opportunity in, in front of them right now. Um, I would love nothing more than to give them, you know, some new titles and partner status and those kind of things down the road, obviously, as they earn it. Yeah, I think our industry is a little bit behind, you know, when you look
1: at at law firms and CPA firms, like large regional accounting firms and and law firms that have brought in associates for a number of years and then had them move through a partner track. I mean, we just, you know, in the independent world, it just hasn't been operative that way. And I think it it will operate that way as groups like ours get put together. Um, you're gonna have people like that that they see if I work hard for five seven years I've, I've got an opportunity to go to a higher level and be able to whatever we call it make partner or be a senior advisor so I think like Brandon said you know when you get from a billion to two billion the opportunities are gonna be there because one person can only service you know so many people
0: yeah. It's the team approach, I think, is what mm-hmm. makes a difference. So what, what other advice would you give as we start to wind up on the, on the time? I'd be curious if another firm is considering this, if you were at different stages because you've all worn so many, actually every hat in the business, but any advice you'd give to someone considering this or looking at their smaller or larger firm where they should be going or what they should be thinking about?
2: I think you've got to figure out, you know, it's the, the industry's obviously shifting. There's a lot of capital in the space right now of acquiring firms and some people want to be remain autonomous and be on their own. That's probably fine. But, you know, having um, deeper pockets of where you can acquire firms to grow, I think it's great. I think the industry is changing. I think those folks that don't uh, focus on financial planning are going to probably be left in the dark. Yeah. You know, investment management is important. But, you know, let's be honest, the AI and other stuff is happening out there. so. You gotta figure out if you have this, the, the team to be able to, to take the workload of doing all the planning work for clients and keep that trust and keep that client on that path. Otherwise, I think people are missing the boat you know, as far as other uh, lines of business in our industry.
1: I'd just say from a G1 perspective, I think if you're a lead advisor that has a, a business that does a million or more of revenue, especially a million more of profits, I mean, I mean, you just gotta ask yourself, um, you know, how long is the environment gonna last the way that it is? And you can try to convince yourself that over the next 10 years, you're going to grow faster, smarter, better, but there's a lot of potential wrinkles and obstacles along the way. And so, are you better off figuring out a merger and acquisition strategy or, or going it alone? <clears throat> and like I said, I think it's going to be a tough road to hoe for a lot of those people going it alone. I think there's a lot of uh, bumps. And, and remember, you know, the, the 70s was a flat decade in terms of growth. 2000, almost 2010 was a flat decade for advisors to think that we won't have a flat decade again I think is really naive and short-sighted. So it's a good time to be looking at it.
0: And my last question, my curveball question, but feel free to elaborate on anything you want. Um, Let's say we're sitting here at this wonderful table five or ten years from now. What does the firm look like? What do you all look like? Where do you see yourself being? And I'm sure you, I don't know if you've talked about that or not, but that's what I'm curious about.
2: That's a great question. I don't even know who even thought about it. Um, we could be in multiple cities. You know, who knows? Uh, expansion. I think we'll probably grow five x or who knows the number, but we'll be have probably expanded tremendously over five years. Uh, probably more staff and more expertise, more value-added services to our clients. I
3: agree. I think you can take into account maybe the rule of sevens. So, you know, if we look at five to seven years from now, potentially doubling assets under management. Maybe doubling staff, potentially. Oh. I'm, I'm going ha- to look exactly the same. The guys are going to have more white hairs. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that's going to be the name of the game in terms of, of growth and, and what we're working on in terms of building this out.
1: I feel like Senator Jenkin has a good ring to it. No Senator? <laughs> <laughs> I, I never inhaled. Um, I, I, uh, I see myself doing what I've always done, which is rain make. However however that shakes out, you know, I'm gonna be at the top of the funnel generating leads and I I don't really see doing much else besides that, so.
0: This has to feel really, uh, really good to you because this was sort of a, a dream and a vision you had when you started Oxygen and kind of helped people launch their careers and now you're sort of seeing, I wouldn't call it the back end because you're all so young, but people monetize the businesses they built. How, how do you feel about that? What, is this what you saw happening when you, when you started no, this thing? N- no, I
1: No. not I don't think I thought it was going to turn out like this per se, but, um, you know, why do you get into leadership? I mean, you know, of course you want to grow your own net worth, but at the end of the day, you could have as much money as you want. It's, there's only so many things you're going to buy. And it does, it does a lot of good to see other people be able to financially do well. And I know that these three are, are going to be, they're not going to skip a meal. Uh, they're going to they're do okay. And there's more in our company that will do that. And that's, you know, when, when it's all said and done, you know, being able to leave a little bit of a legacy is a good thing. And that's a, it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that. Well, to me, again, this has been really exciting, and from Blue Springs perspective, who's obviously the investor in these businesses, we're very excited about partnering up with you. We invest in entrepreneurs, and you guys are all true entrepreneurs. What we try to do is take your secret sauce and put it on steroids, which is what we're doing. We're not trying to change what you do so well. We're just trying to help create more efficiency and help you continue to grow it. So I like hearing your dreams for the vision and visions for the future. I'm pretty sure you're going to exceed them, and I'm pretty sure we're going to be sitting and uh, we're going to need a bigger table, but uh, this is really exciting. <laughs> yeah. So thank you all for uh, for attending this session of Blue thanks Spring having, Out Loud. Great to have you, and thanks for sharing with everybody else. Thank you. Thank you.